Yes, and oh, what heights will hit. What's happening, y'all? This is episode three of Scotty Knows. It's our first non-sports episode. Tonight, we'll be talking about the world of cartoons. And we're talking about childhood cartoons, not family guy and adult cartoons that people watch now. We're talking about childhood cartoons. And... Put it out there and ask some people for their favorite and certain episodes and whatnot. And I got some feedback, and we're going to talk about some childhood cartoons because what makes you happier, makes you smile, makes you laugh than thinking about old childhood cartoons. So that's what we're going to do tonight. So we're going to start, we might as well start with Bugs because I think it's a cartoon that most people. Above the age of 30, uh, known as that was on all the time, not just set. You just always saw bugs. So I was thinking about, like, which were the Bugs Bunny episodes that most struck home with me. And I there were four that um, are the most memorable to me that there might be even five or six or 10 or whatever, because there's, it's kind of like a Seinfeld thing where like there's bits and pieces of every episode that is memorable to you. Um, <laughs> one of the most memorable ones to me was um, the episode with Rocco and the boys where bugs somehow got, stuck in a car, the getaway car of a robbery of some gangsters, Rocco being the boss. And uh, <laughs> so in true bug style, he, he ended up being at odds with them because when they figured out he was in there, they had to get rid of bugs. So the whole episode was bugs making believe he was the police. So he got out there and he knocked. He may believe there was a siren, and he was like, all right, Clancy, surround the place. <laughs> and then so they were like, the cops are here. So then Bugs kept sticking Rocco into these places. He said he was going to hide him, and he was just beating the crap out of him, and he shove him in the oven. And he's like, the cop was like, where is he? He's like, if my friend Rocco was in there, would I throw this lit match into the oven? And he's like, well... You might, Rabbit, you might. <laughs> so that went on for the whole episode, and finally Rocco and the boys turned themselves into the police because they couldn't take it from Bugs anymore. Um, but yeah, if my friend Rocco was in there, would we do this? Eh, you might, Rabbit, you might. 
one of the most memorable. The other one, well, number two of four, um, was the big red monster um, that was chasing bugs the whole episode. And uh, one of the more memorable scenes was bugs making believe he was a uh, nail stylist doing the monster's nails, sitting there and he goes, you know, monsters make such interesting people. And I know everybody can visualize that episode and then he put the curlers in the monster's hair and there was actually dynamite inside there. And he, you know, one of those Bugs Bunny moments. Um, then, of course, there's Marvin the Martian episodes. With my Q46 modulator, um, and one of the most famous Marvin the Martian scenes is when they're both falling out of space and they're like a thousand miles an hour out of its, out of his spaceship crashing towards Earth. And at the last second, they both put their feet down like they were hitting brakes and they stop like a second before they hit the ground. And Bugs turns around and goes, air brakes. And that's how the episode ended. I know these might not be quite hitting home the same way with me telling you the stories, but I'm counting on the fact that you are visualizing and replaying it in your brain and laughing and smiling along with me on these. And then, of course, there's the gas house gorillas. Bugs Bunny first base, Bugs Bunny second base, Bugs Bunny shortstop. Uh, in that, there was the screaming line. It's a screaming line drive at the ball screaming. He tore the cover off it, and it's a naked ball and all of those things. And, of course, the gorillas with the going around the bases doing a mambo. Um, and finally... The culmination of that is Bugs Bunny taking six cabs and an elevator to the top of the Empire State Building to make a catch on the last play of the game to win the game. And the Statue of Liberty makes the call. You're out. And uh, that, I think, might be the best episode. But, of course, that goes back to baseball being the major player in that. So the question is, are there any other Looney Tunes that you really enjoyed? Because for me, there wasn't a lot. Like, I liked Foghorn Leghorn a little bit as a kid. And I don't know why, because it was kind of like a cartoon about nothing. But it might have just been his, his accent. Son, I tell you. The Chicken Hawk, you know, that. Yeah, Foghorn was kind of like, you know, he his battle with the dog, the dog got the better of him sometimes, and that was okay for me. Because uh, I was talking with my friend Shaba earlier, and I told her that as a kid I hated lopsided rivalry cartoons. And that's why I hated Sylvester and Tweety because – Sylvester never got any W's, always piled up the L's, never got a W. I didn't like Tom and Jerry 
because Tom most of the time got his ass handed to him. So that wasn't really, um, I wasn't a fan of those. I, that the Wiley Coyote Roadrunner thing, not so bad because Roadrunner really, there was no real rivalry kind of thing there. It was just Wiley just failing on his plan. So I didn't really mind the as much as the lopsided rivalry cartoons. And there were a lot of those. Um, but I wasn't a fan of those. Um, my wife is a huge fan of Pepe Le Pew. Um, and Penelope, I think her name was Penelope the Cat. Um, that was kind of, for me, a nothing cartoon. It was slightly humorous because he was speaking in a French accent. And she was very slippery and all, but um, I think that was more tailored towards little girls. So I wasn't a big fan of that. So the, the Looney Tunes, you know, the other main characters, not such a huge fan. Taz, meh, Speedy Gonzalez was kind of cool, but you didn't really get to see him a lot. Um, so you really didn't get that attached to him. Now, one thing that was attached to them was there some one-time appearance characters. And the one that I think everybody knows is Owl Jolson, um, which is the little owl that wants to sing. Um, and the dad does not want him singing. And so he would practice. He would practice like his dad wanted him singing opera or whatever it was. And when everybody was sleeping, he would sing, I want to sing about the moon and a June and a swinger. I want to sing. I, and then every time his dad would catch him, he'd scream at him so he'd stop. The little owl goes and joins a contest at the radio station, a singing contest, and he's singing, doing great. And then the dad walks in because they heard him on the radio. They run down to the station and he starts singing awful again. And the dad goes, no, you must zinga about the Muna and the Juna, then you sing up. And they go back and forth. And then, But that is one of the uh, ultimate Looney Tunes shorts, one of the better ones on a non-reoccurring character. Um, and then the other one is Michigan J. Frog, which was the guy founds the frog. And when he opens the box, the frog gets the top hat and Hello, my honey. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime cow. You know, and then when he tries to make money off of it, the frog just does nothing. You know, so. And then there's a whole episode of that frustration with that whole thing, but the frog singing, hello, my honey. Hello, my darling. He became one of the best known, like one episode characters ever for Looney Tunes. Also very entertaining, but um, not a big thing. So not a reoccurring Looney Tunes. Some of the other ones I was turned on to today, I was I told you earlier I was speaking with my friend Shava, and she told me her, her, 
<laughs> or Grandpa Saul. <laughs> Sal. Um, it's a joke. My coach used to call him Saul, even though he's extremely Italian. Um, was a big fan. There was a Tom and Jerry episode that I had never seen before and was turned on today where Tom sings... Is you is or is you ain't my baby? Um, with a bass, with a walking bass, the whole thing. And to my point about stupid lopsided rivalries, Jerry messing with him. Tom trying to talk to this beautiful cat, and he's singing and doing his thing, making his move, shooting his shot. And Jerry's being a little pain in the ass, throwing things at him, hitting him with an iron. Hated Jerry. <laughs> um, so if you have not seen that episode, it's out there on YouTube. Look it up. Tom from Tom and Jerry singing, Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. <laughs> um, good fun. Um, so one of the other characters that was put out there when I asked about it was my good friend Tom McFeely. Um, put out a Woody Woodpecker call out. And I actually watched the episode that he was referring to, uh, which was an episode where Woody Woodpecker was hanging out with lumberjacks um, that were buzzards. Um, <laughs> and somehow a saw blade gets loose and starts chasing every, chasing them and the, uh, um, the buzzards, every like the bad guys, the good guys, everybody. Um, and it's just just a saw just splitting everything in half. And the whole episode is kind of basically them getting away from the saw. Um, I was never a huge Woody Woodpecker fan because he was, I don't know. There, there was no, he was kind of a, a hooligan. <laughs> You know, so he wasn't, you know, he was always getting in trouble, always doing things. I I wasn't a huge fan of Woody. He was kind of too mischievous for me to be on board with Woody. But there was one episode of Woody Woodpecker that stood out of my mind. And that is there's an episode where there's an FBI agent following Woody around. And the whole episode, anytime anything went sideways, the FBI agent's voice would come on and goes, just remember, kids, if Woody Woodpecker would have gone straight to the police, none of this would have happened. And it was hysterical. It would do it happened like three or four or five times in the cartoon, and like it was pointing out what a hooligan Woody Woodpecker was. And uh, it was my favorite Woody Woodpecker episode because, like I said, I wasn't a huge Woody Woodpecker fan. Um, and there was a Flintstones call out. And I think they actually posted on that on my page that episode of where Fred was lip syncing. There's a town I know where the people go called Bedrock. Twitch, Twitch. Um, there were a couple of episodes with the singing. There was one where I think he ate a devil dodo egg and 
it destroyed what was going to be his shining moment. The Flintstones, obviously the huge takeoff on the Honeymooners. Um, so Fred, Fred didn't get many W's either. He, he took a lot of L's. And you always wondered, like, can't one of Fred's things work out for him? It never really does, except for the fact that Wilma always makes everything better at the end for him, so it's okay. But, um, yeah, it was basically The Honeymooners, which was obviously a fantastic show. But just as there were no black people in The Honeymooners, there were no black people in Bedrock either. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Flintstones, great. There was the, the way outs. There was a lot of singing in the Flintstones as well. That was excellent. Um, let's see who else is out there that was one of my personal favorites was Underdog. I was always a huge Underdog fan. The theme song at the beginning was fun. Um, Underdog's little, there's no need to fear. Underdog is here. It was always cool. He had a little pill inside of his ring. You know, that was a cool thing. Like Popeye with the spinach. Underdog had the little pill. There's like Scooby had the Scooby snacks. That's kind of like a thing. That's kind of like in wrestling when Hulk Hogan wags the finger. <laughs> right? Popeye gets the spinach. You know, oh, someone's getting an ass whipping now. You know, and it was the same kind of thing with Underdog. You know, he was like a little milk toasty little thing, and then he'd eat his eat his little pill out of his ring, and just muscles pop in, and he was ready to put it on Riff Raff or Simon Bar Sinister, go save Sweet Polly Purebred. <laughs> and there were two episodes of Underdog that I loved. Man, it was one where. He had vertigo, I guess. And the whole episode is, I feel fine when I sit down. But when I stand up, things go round and round. And that went on for a whole episode until finally they figured out it was, I think, a necklace he was wearing that they put a spell on him or something. And then there was a whole episode of Riff Raff trying to rob either Fort Knox or the largest bank in the United States and... The best part of that was when he was forming his gang. Like so he's like collecting people. And he had this one little dude that everybody's like, "Why are we bringing him?" And Riff Raff the whole episode goes, "Just in case," like fifteen times. It was the callback line of the whole show. That one was one of my favorite episodes of Underdog. I don't know if you guys watched Underdog like I did, but if you did, you would know that episode and. Understand, Underdog was great. It had the great endings, the monster walking through town, smashing the buildings. Also good fun. Scooby, was it the more towards the tail end of my cartoon watching? But I enjoyed Scooby, but the best episodes, as the flag puller once told me on uh, his thing he called out, were the Globetrotters and Scooby getting together. I was a huge Globetrotters fan as a kid. In fact, I have the album of Globetrotter songs, which is a little weird. Uh, but Meadowlock and Curling and Geese, when Globetrotters were really good, 
Um, so the Globetrotters had that where they were on Scooby-Doo all the time, it seemed. Like, I would say there's at least three or four crossover episodes of Scooby-Doo and the Globetrotters. And those were always fun cartoons to watch. Another one of my personal favorites was Catch That Pigeon. Now, Dick Dastardly, I think, is known by most people from Wacky Racers, which was the cartoon where, like, everybody was, like, all of, I believe, a Hanna-Barbera, those were, like, Penelope Pitstop and all of those, that crew was in those cartoons. And uh, so he's most known for that. But there was a, he had his own cartoon, Catch That Pigeon, where they were trying to catch the pigeon. Um, and those were, those were fun because, again, the pigeon wasn't doing anything other than it was kind of like a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner thing. And Muttley was Dick Dastardly's right-hand dog. But Muttley laughed at their failures, which always drove him nuts. You know, and but he Muttley also he he didn't he get snacks, which was good, but he always wanted medals, right? So it was he would do anything to get a medal. And then it, inevitably he'd get the medal, they'd do their thing, and then the plan would fail, and he'd steal the medal from him. And then as he stole the medal from him, like the plane would fall on Dick Dastardly's head, and Muttley would be like <laughs> And he would get the last laugh, so to speak. So there was a weird dynamic in that, which made that fun. Because even though Muttley was a bad guy, he made fun of the bad guy's failures. So he was kind of a good guy, not always a jerk. And that was a thing. Popeye was a huge... Huge favorite of mine. We went to Montreal one time when I was like four, maybe five. It might have actually been even back. We we were in, I probably was five years old on that trip. And we got up there and we put the TV on and Popeye was on and I was so excited until he was starting to speak in French. The French Popeye. <laughs> And that kind of tripped me out because I was like, I don't even know what's going on here. But I still watched it because it was Popeye. So French Popeye was <laughs> was not quite as exciting for me, but it was still Popeye. So I was down with it. Um, cartoons are amazing. I can do a whole episode on cartoon songs, which cartoon theme songs you think are great. I opened the show with Overture. Because it's one of the more, more well-known. The Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Where Are You, is also a big thing. Oh, The Jetsons is another one that I kind of left off that was a huge favorite and kind of a big family one. And there was really no – that was cool because there really wasn't a bad guy, good guy kind of thing. There was a – you know, he was George was kind of a bungling maroon, but – um. Spacely Sprockets with bad, but it was like a business bad guy, so it didn't really matter. Um, so they were fun. The, the, 
Astro was fun. He was kind of like Scooby's cousin in voice. Rut row. You know, but it was kind of, you know, his rut row is kind of very much like. But that's okay. There's only so many voices dogs can have, I guess, right? So, you know, it was all right. He can be a tribute to each other. I I guess the Jetsons might have been first. I don't know. I don't know. But next week, maybe we talk about when we do our music, our first music episode, maybe we'll give a shout out to cartoon theme songs, which ones we like. Because like there are some shows where the theme songs were way better than the cartoon. Um, Courageous Cat and Minute Mouse had that really dope bass line. It was dum 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 But it was really kind of a crappy cartoon. But I liked the beginning of it. Um so it there was <laughs> do yourself a favor, you want to see it. I don't know how many of you remember Go Go Gophers. Um that is a super offensive cartoon theme song now. If you listen to it, you go, wow, this is allowed. There's so many things wrong with that cartoon theme song. Go pull that one up and you'll go, wow, we were awful. Not that we're still not awful, but we were really awful back then to uh, to some minorities. Um Bugs was kind of awful to some minorities too, but we're going to keep this on a happy tip. Um, So we're not going to talk about that, but think about them. Post on here. I hope that the ones I touched on struck a chord with you. Um, It's a little bit different than what we've been doing, Um, but I just wanted to maybe do some callbacks, make people smile about stuff they used to watch. Um, Go to the Scotty Knows Facebook podcast page. Type some comments in there, feedback, ideas for new shows. Um, We're going to keep doing these. It's fun for me. Um, I hope it's fun for you. Um, This one's kind of a bunch of random thoughts and a bunch of storytelling. But Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse, also one of my favorites. And great music. Introducing opera to children is <laughs> was an interesting way of going about it. Um, and then, of course, there's the Andy Kaufman uh, reenactment of the Mighty Mouse theme song. One of the best theme songs in all of Cartoon Land. Um, Here I come to save the day. Yeah, it's classic. You can't go wrong with that. You know a Mighty Mouse is on his way. Um, super good. Super good stuff. So I'm going to wrap this up here with uh, with some thoughts. Maybe um, Saturday night when we do karaoke, maybe we'll do cartoon theme song karaoke. <laughs> um that should be fun. 
I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Um, next week, I'm not sure what I'm going to do now. Uh, we may do um, some music first, talk about the first records and first songs and stuff like that that, uh, that we buy or bought, I should say. Um, but I'm not sure. It kind of just all comes to me when I, when it comes to me. Um, I am enjoying doing these. I hope you guys are enjoying them. Um, thank you for hanging out. Y'all stay safe. Keep your distance. Don't touch your face. We out of here. Peace.